So when you talk about confidence, mm-hmm. once you are more of a human than the human you were born as in a substantial primal survival capacity, the whole world looks different. The world was previously blue. Now the world is green. It's just every interaction changes. Every meeting, every conversation, every interaction with another human changes. Mm-hmm. Because, and even with un- inhuman things, even with just life, challenges and problems, you go, no, that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Because if someone catches me in a headlock who's twice my size and I know how to escape. Mm-hmm. You know, now there's a leak under the kitchen sink and I'm going to be worried and stressed out. It doesn't match. They don't match. It doesn't match. So that's where the confidence that you're talking about doesn't just reflect your interaction with other humans. Mm -hmm. The confidence you're talking about reflects your interactions with your own mind and your own self because you are no longer the basic human that all of us are born as. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's guest is Henner Gracie. Henner is a jujitsu black belt, an entrepreneur, inventor, and chief instructor at Gracie University my jiu-jitsu academy. Henner is a third-generation Gracie, son of Horeon Gracie, who is responsible for bringing the self-defense martial art of jiu-jitsu from Brazil to the States. Jiu-jitsu is now one of the most popular of martial art disciplines being trained worldwide. Not only is Henner unarguably one of the greatest jujitsu black belts walking the planet, but he is equally one of the greatest teachers of the martial art discipline. His love and passion for jujitsu is absolutely infectious, as is his desire for the masses to learn jujitsu. It was from his passion that Henner created the world's largest online platform for learning Gracie jujitsu. I believe Henner is truly an engineer. His ingenuity is remarkable. He has a solution-based mindset. Not only is this easily detectable through his incredible jiu-jitsu skills and all that he's created within his business, but it's also what led him to create Quick Flip, a high-quality hoodie that shifts into a light-wearing backpack. This invention took him on to Shark Week, where he gave one of the greatest pitches, if not the greatest, that the show has ever seen. It actually went viral. It was that good. One of the most notable aspects to Henner's awesome character is his energy. He is robust, potent, and effective in his creations and his communication skills, as you will clearly absorb from this epic talk. On a personal note, I have to say Henner is one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's a loving husband to my girl, Eve Torres Gracie, and father to their two boys, Haven and Henson. He's also one of my brothers, Mike Safai's very best of friends, and for great reasons. He is caring, genuine, and loyal. My family and Henner's family have been very close for decades. They're those incredible friends who are consistent and become family. In this elevating conversation with Henner, we get down on all things jujitsu. We talk about how jujitsu affects your confidence. We talk about how jujitsu came into my life, when and why Henner created Gracie University Online. 
how Henner and the GU family have pivoted through COVID to maintain business, what solo jujitsu is and why this is taking jujitsu skills and Henner's problem solving skills to an entire new level, how and why jujitsu is more than a martial art, but also an approach to life. We also get down on talks on why Henner created Quick Flip, and I promise you that you won't just be learning in that moment, you'll also be laughing with pure enjoyment as you take in his energy. Honestly, you guys, I cannot say enough great things about Henner. He's the real thing, and I'm so, so proud to share his incredible mindset, his energy, and his powerful frameworks with all of you. There's no way you won't be elevated after taking in this talk. He is absolutely infectious. So it's not even a question if you're going to love this episode. The question is, when are you starting jiu-jitsu, if you don't already? It's truly one of the best decisions I have ever made in my life because of how it impacts me on and off the mat. Before I hit play, I would love to ask for some support by sharing this episode on your IG stories and tagging both Henner and I on it. Our handles are in the show notes. Additionally, it would be extra amazing support to give us a five-star rating and review via iTunes so we can keep this podcast growing for you and bring on more epic guests like Henner. All right, you guys, without any more words, please enjoy this inspiring, energetic conversation with my boy, Henner Gracie. Enjoy. Hey, you guys, before we get started in this week's episode, I want to let you know that I created a free 10-minute kick-ass energy morning ritual for you. The reason why I created this, you guys, is because I know firsthand the power of having time carved out just for myself in the morning where I'm able to get into the highest state of mind, to really get into my body, direct my thoughts, my intention, and get me moving in the direction I want to go throughout the day. Oftentimes, people think it has to be this big production in order for it to be effective. And I'm here to say that is not true. You have no idea how powerful it is to just have even 10 minutes just for you at the start of your day. So let me tell you what this 10-minute morning ritual consists of. First, you get a free five-minute guided meditation. So I created this very bite-sized meditation to just help you get into a calm state where you're really focusing on your breath and elevating your mindset to be moving in the direction that you desire for the day. This is excellent for those of you who really want to start a meditation practice. Next, you get a PDF action step guide to help fill out the remainder of the 10 minutes with some journal prompts, with some movement suggestions, and I even put some intentional nutrition prompts in there for you. You guys, it's simple and it's attainable, and that's the whole magic to it. This is something that you can really integrate into your life, and I promise you, if you are consistent with this ritual, it is going to help to shift your energy day by day to be moving in the direction that you want. You want to be feeling good on the way to kicking ass with your goals and your mission in life. So check it out right now, blackbuttbeauty.com. It's on the homepage. Put in your email and you will get it immediately sent to your inbox. Don't forget to check your junk email because it likes to land there too. All right, you guys, it's time to get into this week's episode. What's up, Peter? 
How are you? Welcome, everyone, to Black Belt Beauty Podcast. I'm Hannah Gracie, your host, and I'm interviewing Roxanne <laughs> today. Honored to be here. And uh, Roxanne, we're just first of all, congratulations on all you've done. And just, you know, how, how hard have you worked to get to this point? <laughs> I've been working my ass off. Um, I can't believe it's almost been three years. December's been, December will be three years, which means that this episode with you has been three years in the making. It's gnarly. So I'm so grateful to be here um, with you. You know, it's kind of bittersweet because this time has opened up for us to be able to record due to um, circumstances that are not necessarily ideal. So if you're cool with it, I kind of want to start there because I want to ask you um, right now, you're supposed to be on your way to Abu Dhabi, right? To Fight Island. Brian Ortega has a huge fight coming up and um, you are on your way to go corner him. And um, it's got a sting, right? Cause it stings for me as someone who's like family to you. I'm like, damn, you know, um, but it's so interesting. So something that I love that you um, have talked about before uh, EJJ, right? Remember I was talking to you yesterday, like where do I find that? Um, you, there's a lot of things I want to actually talk to you about in that space specifically, but what I want to ask you right now is in this current state where you're on, you're supposed to be on your way to Abu Dhabi, you're now not able to, um, where's the triangle in this situation for you? Yeah. Um, so for those watching or listening who aren't aware, um, depending on when this podcast airs versus, you know, when I'm announcing this reality. So I, I had COVID a month ago. My wife and I tested positive. We were good. We did our two weeks and we were cleared. Um, and then in testing, the, the preliminary test that the UFC has you do to go to Fight Island, you do one self-administer test here at the office to go to Vegas. And then in Vegas, they do a second test before getting on the plane to Abu Dhabi, where you do your third test and then you quarantine at all these locations. So I tested uh, negative here in, in Torrance, sent it in. And then when I got to Vegas, I tested positive. So they said, Henry, we can't send you to uh, Fight Island. And I said, well, I had it a month ago, so it's not contagious. It's just lingering in the system. As we know, COVID can sit around for up to three months after you've tested positive, even though you're not contagious after 10 days or so. Right. And they said, it doesn't matter. They said, if it's in your system, when you arrive at Fight Island, they're going to reject you. They won't let you in. And they're going to you know, quarantine you for 14 days over there. So there's kind of a zero tolerance, even if you've had it in the past on the island. Uh, understandably, they're being super cautious for the events, obviously. Um, but it's super bombing, you guys. It couldn't be worst case scenario. From a from a coaching perspective, you know, we've been training for almost two years now um, since Brian's last fight for his next fight, and um, you know, it's uh, it's been great to see the growth and all that. And the reality is, you know, the, it would be nice to go, uh, but the reality is, the hard work and the important work is done in the last two years. So you know, watching it ringside. Is fun, but watching it on TV is also fun. And just being there and supporting your 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 student and your friend who's going in there and putting it all on the line. So I'll be watching, and um, you know, but it's you know, if there's a silver lining, it's it's that the rest of the team isn't uh, testing positive, and that Brian can fight because the worst case scenario would be he tested positive, and he you know, because we've been training together for the last you know several weeks right before the fight since I had been clear from COVID. So um, everything is great. And Brian was bummed. He was like, man, Henner, you know, uh, you know, I need you to be there. I really wanted you to be there. And this is so important. And especially with all the changes he's had in his training camp. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, you know, I said, fortunately for you, Brian, of all the skill sets in your arsenal, your jujitsu is the most genetic. It's the most DNA. It's in your blood. You've been with us for 15 years now, more than that. 
And I'm the coach you need the least in terms of skill set because everything I think you do, I don't even have to even say it and you're already doing it. Um, whereas these other skills that you've been working really hard on, these other coaches are going to be there with you and for you. And you've developed greatly in these last two years and you're a whole new fighter. So go put it to work. And, uh, and that's where we are. And off they go. And by the time this podcast airs, the fight might have already happened. So yeah, um, no, it will. There you go. It's going to be exciting. Oh, man. Well, you always, I feel like you have, um, you know, I don't, positive is a word we can use in terms of your attitude and your perspective, but actually I like the word empowered um, a lot more because I feel like when you are operating from an empowered mindset, there is more of this kind of, you invite reality into the picture too. So you, you, you are better able to move with the challenges that come with reality, but you have this mindset of like, well, actually I'm going to quote you on something that you said that was so amazing. I need to pull it up to make sure I don't mess it up. Impossibilities are techniques waiting to be discovered. Uh, can you, can we, I would love for you to peel back the layers on that because that is the empowered mindset, right? It's like being solution oriented, looking at how to win, how to, how to find the answer versus focusing on the problem, the letdown, the, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. And jujitsu, you know, this is really, I didn't make any of this up and it's really jujitsu um, at its core, right? Like uh, my grandfather learned Japanese jujitsu as a kid and he had a lot of challenges because he wasn't as athletic, as athletic as the, you know, traditional jujitsu player or practitioner. So he had no choice but to modify the otherwise difficult techniques for his small physique and he found success. He was able to turn jujitsu that was previously more effective for a more athletic, stronger, faster person. He was able to make it effective, effective for his uh, frail physique. So, you know, every technique, one by one, every situation, the mindsets of jujitsu, all of those got adapted over years. And to the point where we now have Brazilian jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu being taught and practiced worldwide. And it's the martial art that gives to anyone what really every other martial art would like to give, but really can't, which is the smaller person a chance against a larger, more athletic opponent. And that, uh, that promise has been upheld and, and, and really completely founded on this idea that uh, there's a way. With alavanca, with leverage and technique, there's a way. So growing up in this family from day one, it's like, yo, how is this being done? Okay, is there a more efficient way? Is there a better way? Put me in a headlock, I find an escape. Put me in a chokehold, I'm going to find an escape and I'm going to choke you on the way out. So the technique or a situation was never, oh, if that happens, uh, yeah, we probably pack our bags and head out because that's the wrap. <laughs> it's never that. It's always, oh, show me the tip. My, my grandfather from day one, show me the situation. And then five minutes later, he comes back with a response and he's 87 years old. So I'm growing up around this idea that, no, 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 bring the problem. I bring the technique. I bring the solution. So, you know, that mindset, I think the, 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 solution-oriented mindset, the technique discovery mindset and philosophy is one of the most uh, powerful principles that I've adopted both in jiu-jitsu and in life and in business. And I've applied it uh, across it all. I mean, from, you know, from jiu-jitsu right now with COVID upon us and the inability to do brick and mortar classes in the traditional sense, like jiu-jitsu and martial arts have always been done. Yeah. Um, we're forced to be creative and say, okay, well, we can't do in-person classes, but what can we do? And the answer is you can do a lot of online instructionals, right? Which we've been doing for 12 years now since before it was cool, but online instructionals. And now we're doing live Zoom classes through jujitsu. Something I would have never imagined was even possible or desirable, but we have hundreds and hundreds of people signing up from all over the world to take live Zoom classes right now, 12 o'clock on a Friday, 
Um, they're coming in and they're, 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 we can see them. They can see us. We're doing the techniques and we're teaching them in a manner that even if you're solo, you can be effective. And jujitsu was an art that was never conceived to be practiced solo by any means. Um, but now solo jujitsu is allowing us not only to reach these people and to stay busy and to stay growing during this downtime, but also to learn new things about jujitsu that we did never took the time to consider when we were always practicing partner. And the best analogy I use is when I went to uh, Kelly Slater's um, wave pool, right? Mm -hmm. Kelly invited me to the ranch, which every surfer on the planet knows what it is. If you're not a surfer, just Google Kelly Slater's, you know, uh, surf ranch on YouTube and you'll see the most inspiring waves in the history of the world. Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing those for years. And one day Kelly called me and invited me to the ranch. So I go out there and um, I'm, I'm riding the wave and what's so beautiful is the, the wave barrels and you can ride in the barrel. Even if you never have in your life, you can kind of get in there in a way that is, that is only legendary. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going in and I'm six, four. So I'm tucking into the barrel and I'm getting in there and the wave is coming over. And every time I get in the barrel, I'm just getting freaking washing machine. I'm just falling hard and boom, 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 boom. And it's kind of a tough fall. Cause it's like a six or seven foot wave. So you're getting, you know, tumbled up. And then I come out, I do it again. After my first session, Kelly pulled me out of the pool and he was like, Henner, check this out. And he was standing there. He says, look, get in your stance, get in your surf stance. And I was there. And he, and he says, look, okay, now get over, tuck it down and get in the barrel. And I was bending over and he says, yeah, right here, your hips are too high and your head is too low. And as a result, the barrel is hitting your tailbone because you're too wide this way. You got to be tall. You got to squat down, but you got to be narrower so that the wave can come over at its angle and not hit your, your hips, which are sticking yeah. out. So then he showed me, he's like, yeah, turn your back knee, point your knee forward, turn your shoulders forward. And then squat down and face front instead of bending over and facing sideways where your, your tail is getting hit. Yeah. And so Kelly's making these adjustments outside of the water to my form and my technique. And then I went back in and he was on the wave runner behind me on the wave coaching from yelling at the wave. He's like, turn, talk, shoulders, <laughs> arm and shoulders. And he's coaching me from within the water behind the guy on the jet ski because that's how controlled the whole. And I got in, Roxanne, and I tucked in. And the freaking barrel comes over and he's like, he's like, lean forward. And you lean on your front foot and then you start out of the barrel for the first time in my life, you guys, with this advice that had been given out of the water by myself, standing on, not even standing on the board. I was just standing on the floor and he was coaching my positioning. I was able to then ride a barrel for the first time in my surfing life. And I've been serving since I was 13 years old and I got out and made it out of the barrel. No tumble, no tumble, no wash. And after that incident, I'm like, wow, how crazy. And then, of course, I went again to make sure it wasn't luck. And again and again, and I got it. I figured it out. So what this all made me realize, and then comparing this to our classes now where we're doing solo jujitsu classes, I realized, wow, that Kelly isolating me from the wave, which I compared to my opponent. The opponent in jujitsu is like the wave. It's who you're doing it against. So Kelly taking me out of the water refining my technique without the wave in the picture, showing proper dynamics. Those little adjustments I would have never made in the water. It was impossible to be adjusted when the wave is going 50 miles an hour. So I'm in there out of the water being adjusted perfectly details that I never even thought existed. He's coaching me. And then when I put that technique back in the water, I was better than I'd ever been at surfing in my life. So that's when I realized, wow, we can do so much with these students who are at home learning by themselves and make such adjustments to their surfing posture and their technique and their body mechanics and their positioning and their understanding of their body so that when we reintroduce them into partnered practice after COVID clears, they will be better surfers than Mm -hmm. they ever were prior to COVID. And that's what's happening right now. And that's the triangle choke in this 
COVID, you know, challenging opportunity that we're facing here the, 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 in, in the challenging circumstances, there's the, the opportunity, there's the technique waiting to be discovered. It's the opportunity to practice more solo technique is the hidden gem in all of this for us. And so much so that when we get back to partner practice, we're going to be leveraging and utilizing more solo practicing and drilling than we ever had in the last hundred years, because we now see the benefit and going to the ranch made me realize that. Oh, that's so good. There's so many things I want to pull on that. One thing I want to say right off the bat is it's really rad to, you know, I've been surfing for almost the majority of my life. And when you started talking about surfing right now, the way that your eyes lit up, like, <laughs> it's like, well, that's, well to be honest, uh, in disclaimer, that's how it is with everything. When I talk about, you know, uh, anything, it's going to well, talk about, no. acai. Talk about well, acai. I'm like, acai. that's true. You got the massive energy, passion, but what I, how I want to connect it though is, um, well, first of all, I know that feeling, but I also know that feeling from the very first time that I went and did jujitsu and I was in the trap and roll and I'm, you know, on the bottom and, um, email just went through, I'm on the bottom and, uh, you know, learning the move, do the move. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, seriously? Is that, hold on. I didn't use any strength. I didn't use force. I literally used leverage technique, which is what you just all about. But it was this feeling of like, holy shit. Um, that, that was kind of similar to like you getting out of that barrel for the first time. And so, uh, yeah, that connection was just amazing. And I had to mention it because, you know, jujitsu has been a part of my life. I was literally just saying two days ago to Eve, I miss it so much, you know, and then listening to you talk about the solo sessions, I'm like, dude, what am I waiting for? And it makes so much sense, Henner, especially, you know, knowing, and even though we are like family and, 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 and the Academy is like family to me, but straight up, I've, I've been, you know, integrated into MMA and to jujitsu in different ways for, for several years now. And I'm really proud of, of my academy, of our instructors, of the way you guys have a different, in my opinion, there's just a level of communication that is just so unique. It's special. So I imagine that taking these solo classes, um, especially with your form of education and, and communication, uh, there's no way that, you know, an individual taking that class isn't going to come out more refined and stronger in their technique, in their jujitsu. So that's, yeah, I need to get on that. Yeah, when we started, we didn't know, but now there is the, 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 the kind of the, the votes are in and the, the feedback from people who are doing this, both students of Torrance who are following us online and doing this now solo with us and staying busy like this six months plus, and then international students who are signing up who we've never met before. People who've always been kind of fans of what we do, but have never done it. And their schools are closed in Sweden or not Sweden, but in, you know, wherever they live in Canada, wherever their schools are locked down and they're logging on with us doing these solo classes and they're actual students of ours. We can see them, they can see us. So the feedback has, for me, it's always about put the product out, put the service out, do the best you can. And when the feedback comes, that's your gauge of effectiveness. And like I said, the feedback has been fueling continued growth in this category. We, um, we announced a free self-defense seminar after a recent assault took place and we did a video demonstration on it and breakdown. We announced a free self-defense seminar. We have over 1,400 people signed up for a Zoom self-defense, solo Zoom self-defense seminar. We've never had a thousand person seminar in person ever, but we do it on Zoom and these people are all going to log in. We're going to be able to see every one of them and they're going to be able to see us and we're going to do jujitsu. That's on November 1st. Anyone out there who's interested in, uh, in, in, these, in trying out jujitsu, because that's the other thing, Roxanne, is that we're having so many people start 
mm-hmm. who have been so fearful of the conventional jujitsu beginning, right? Going to a BJJ school, getting choked out on their first day, twisting and breaking a rib and like having a bad experience, which is very common in jujitsu if you don't have a good teacher, like you said. So many people are so fearful of that, that now that we're doing this online Zoom from your house with no partner, introduction to jujitsu, whether it's our Gracie Combatives Beginner Program, Women Empowered, Bully Proof for the Kids. So now that we're doing these, um, these solo at-home courses and we're allowing anyone to try it for seven days free, people are signing up and doing jujitsu. And now they're all stoked because they're doing it solo and all they can think is, hey, when, I get, when COVID clears and I can get to a certified training center... I'm going to go in there and already have an idea of what the art is about. And they're going to kind of build on it. So for many reasons, it's lowering the entry barrier for people to try jujitsu in the safest possible setting ever. And we're really, um, we're really appreciating that opportunity and taking advantage of it and saying, Hey, everybody, seven days free, let's go. So anybody out there who's ever considered learning jujitsu, which is pretty much everyone on the planet, because <laughs> taken over, um, go to gracieuniversity.com slash zoom, and you'll be able to just submit an email and start your seven day free trial like that, like tomorrow. So we got you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everybody needs to know jujitsu. It is literally, I think, you know, surfing and jujitsu are two um, activities that are like the best decisions I've ever made in my life because it's not just uh, the 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 practice of it, like the actual kind of sport activity of it, but it's the way that it literally integrates into the rest of your life, right? Like from a mindset perspective. Um, you know, just the, the skill transfer, the principles, there's metaphors, analogies, both in surfing and in jujitsu that in my personal life, I know have been so supportive. You know, when I think about like moving through challenges, um, the surfing and jujitsu truly have helped me and continue to help me move through challenges from, from again, going back to that empowered mindset. You know, I, I want to go back there for a moment. Um, so I want to actually talk about when you were 19 and you got injured. And that's basically when GracieUniversity.com was born, right? So you get mm-hmm. injured, you're sidelined, and here you are, Henner Gracie, third generation, right? Gracie family. Like, this has been your entire life, right? Yeah, worst and case scenario, yeah. Yeah, and so now all of a sudden you're like, you're injured and you can't train jiu-jitsu. And rather than, you know, going down this path of depression and like, what do I, you know, you, and I, I just truly believe you have the mind of an engineer. You have an engineering mind. Um, you know, you decided to, I'm going to let you take it from there. Yeah. I can take it from, I can take it from here. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I, I had an accident around, yeah, 19 years old, I herniated a disc in my back. And at that point I had surgery. They said 10 months layoff, no jujitsu. And like, if you can't do physical activity with your body for 10 months and you're a Gracie family member, like just to understand, that's like living death. You guys, just to be clear, like you don't exist. If you're a Gracie and you can't do jujitsu, at least in my mind, right? This is not perpetuated, but I was like, well, what what the heck else am I good on this earth for? Right. So it was a very tough time. And there was like maybe a week or so where it was really depressing and very upsetting. But then as soon as I had the surgery and I was feeling a little bit better and I got out of it, I'm like, all right, I can't spar the way I would like to and just, you know, go in there and have fun with this. But it's time to start reflecting at 19. It's time to start reflecting on what will happen if I can't physically teach jujitsu for the rest of my life. What if at 40, I can't teach anymore or 30 or, 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 or 50 or whatever. And I have all this knowledge that I've accumulated over a life of jujitsu that is within me. And if at some point I'm prevented from being able to give it away and, and to pass it out and distribute it, what a shame that would be. I'm thinking this is constantly you know, what's going through my mind. 
So at that point, we're just at the time, like the YouTube generation was moving pretty heavily online, right? So we're talking 2002, give or take. Um, so we're very much, you know, early YouTube, like this idea of people streaming video and filming themselves and broadcasting themselves and, and social media and that video sense was becoming more and more common. So then I'm like, wow, what if my brother and I were to create, there were already jujitsu instructional videos already existed. And just making more instructionals for the sake of it wasn't impressive or, or important to me. So me and Hedon at that point, I said, man, what if we came up with an idea of a curriculum where we film everything we've ever learned in jujitsu from our teachers, we film it, but we catalog it and, and record it in the order that we would recommend a new student go through from white to black belt. If you were to train every day for 10 years, there is a sequential, a logical sequence to the order in which you should learn jujitsu versus learning technique three and then 12 and then two and then 17, learn techniques one and then two and then three builds on one and two. So the lessons captured, produced and taught under the presumption that a student was going through this program linearly was completely novel, had never been done in jujitsu. And um, now I know why, because here we are 10 years later, and it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life to catalog jujitsu in order uh, in terms of the amount of work that it takes. But that aside, we decided we're going to go for this. We're going to film for four years straight. We're going to film everything we know, film every day, and we're going to catalog all of jujitsu. And we're going to create a pathway so that one day when we die or can't teach anymore, anyone can start on lesson number one and go through in order on these lessons. And that was the ambitious dream and the goal. And we went for it. We were naive enough then to say, let's just do it. We started filming lesson one, lesson two, got through lesson 36, which is our beginner program. Lessons one through 36, Gracie Combatives. That's our street self-defense just for beginners. Mm-hmm. And once we finished that, we're like, all right, that's cool. But when someone finishes this, let's go more. So we created GracieUniversity.com, a streaming video online learning center where these lessons are all cataloged. Someone can sign up and, and start on lesson number one and go through. And all since the beginning, the first three lessons have always been free because we were sure that if someone sees lessons one, two, and three, they're going to want to sign up and pay for four, five, six, seven, eight, all the way and just roll with us. And that's what's happening is that, you know, we're now at, here we are 12 years later, we launched the website in 2008, I think, after so many years of planning and writing and scripting and recording, we launched 2008. And now I think we're at 275,000 members in 196 countries. And these are people who log on and watch lessons and practice and go and are climbing through this curriculum linearly. And what's crazy is that we thought, wow, this is ambitious. This is exciting to catalog our lives because for our kids, for their yeah. kids, you know, kids, kids, like, we'll always be digitized. And we thought the only thing we can do that's better than capturing everything we've ever learned would be to create a mechanism through which people around the world who are learning this information can have their skill set verified mm-hmm. by the source of the information. So we created the first ever video evaluation process for any martial art ever. There's been a, a lot of DVDs and instructionals of just random techniques and right. you can buy a collection. And back then it was more DVDs. Today it's more online. And still to this day, you can go on and buy a cool uh, series of instructional on chokeholds or arm bars or escapes or sweeps. And they're very topical, yeah. but it leaves it up to the student to take those different topics, own the material, and then organize their passage through that material on their own. So the student is the conductor of the training pathway. And that's the fault in all other instructionals pretty much on the planet is that they, they leave it up to the student and they work great for people who are already knowledgeable in jujitsu. These ideas work great. If you have some skill set, you know what you're missing. That's one thing. But we always based it on the presumption that our student, the most important student was the one who knew nothing and wanted to embark on this journey. So we call them the lowest common denominator. 
So anyways, we created this linear whole thing. We created this video evaluation process. And today, the curriculum is much more robust. We've continued building it out. We're still not done, but we've built it out. And certain milestones along the way, every 100 classes, every year of training, someone can upload a video evaluation of their performance. And an instructor, one of our certified instructors here, they get assigned the test. They watch every minute of it, and they report back to the student second by second, time-coded at 2 minutes and 43 seconds in video number one, at two minutes and 43 seconds in video number one, um, you grabbed the wrist incorrectly. You should have been using a C-clamp. You used a monkey grip instead. So this level of specificity for the guy who's in Lagos, Nigeria, in the middle of his, you know, his cabin out there, who wants nothing more than to be with Team Gracie University, and he's getting feedback from us telling him he can change this in that detail. So this two-way communication is unique to Gracie University, and it's really the secret to our success because it's a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. They, we have to structure it linear. They have to send in the video. We have to send back the feedback. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's really in a league of its own. And it's been so successful, Roxanne, that people, many people around the world who've only learned online through Gracie University have become so confident in their skills and so effective with our techniques that they've then taken the steps to go through the process of becoming a certified instructor, which is a whole separate course. But of course, that once you learn the jujitsu techniques, anyone can do this. So guys who, because now it's been 12 years, guys who've only ever learned online from us, then went to the instructor certification and then met the requirements to open a school in their territory. So they go from a small, unofficial Gracie garage type training environment with their best friends and neighborhood buddies. They go from that to opening a brick and mortar certified Gracie jujitsu training center. And they open and they start serving the community. And now this guy who was previously only a very dedicated online student now has a brick and mortar business. He's feeding his family. And in many cases, these guys will grow their schools to two, three, 400 students. And they have to quit their regular jobs to teach jujitsu all because it started on Gracie University. So now it's crazy. This is where we are today. How does that make you feel? Like, do you ever step back and just, because, you know, you are very, you're a high performer you know, you're always like looking at the, and it's jujitsu, right? It's like, what's the move after the move after the move, right? Um, do you ever kind of take a moment to just realize what you have accomplished to this day? Because it's incredible. It's it's not just, um, oh, you've created successful business, oh, but you've literally changed people's lives. And that's like, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I have to confess that for me, you're asking, Henner, how much do you look back and really reflect? Sadly, not that much. Because here's the deal. I'm playing the game. I'm I'm a video game player, except my video is real life. And my game is changing lives and is empowering and is giving value to the world. And the second you beat a level in a video game, how much do you sit back and say, (laughs) that level, level seven, yeah, I got you. <laughs> no, what are you thinking about? Level eight, level nine. I so, get it. <laughs> and it's not from a stressed mindset. I, I play the game from an excited. How many levels are there and how many can I beat in the time, the short time relatively that we have here? So I don't have time to bask in the glory. Like for me, this is, you know, it's it's really, you know, and, and Eve kind of gets on me about this. Like once the dollar is earned, mm-hmm. for me, it's forgotten. It's all, and, and not that I'm playing this game for money, but money is a measuring stick of the success with which you play the game. It's just a measuring stick. It's just a metric to say, oh, you changed 100,000 lives. Here's $100,000. Like, that's just it. 
So for me, once that comes in, it's already, for me, I'm always thinking about what's the next thing that has to be done. And what's crazy is when you're an entrepreneur and especially in my case where you're in an industry, which you're literally carving the path of the future of this industry every single day, no one's telling me what's the next step, right? There's not a conventional like hierarchy and a ladder that I'm climbing. Oh, if I do this, because someone else has done it. What I did, no one has done. What I plan to do, no one has done. So I'm, no one's telling me. So I'm sitting here at my desk before the Zoom call and I'm planning the solution to policing in America. It's already being scripted. That's a separate topic for a separate day. But the point is, that's always what's next for Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in America. And that's it. So now in terms of the certified training center, so think about that. We created this university. People are learning all over the world. We created the possibility for those people to then go through the instructor development, rigorous instructor development, to then be able to teach our programs with our family name and deliver a quality product that the community would fall in love with and grow their school into win, win, win. Everybody wins. So then the question, okay, what's the next level? What we started having is problems of people who would go through all the training in their garage, dedicated. Because remember, through Gracie University, you can find training partners on the database. We have 200 plus thousand people. You can search in your neighborhood and find 300 people who there's no school, but you guys all can train together and network with each other. And that can happen through Gracie University. So they create what's called Gracie garages, which are unofficial group gatherings in a neighborhood. There's no instructor. They all just have access to the curriculum and they're learning from and with each other and helping each other in this vibe. So Gracie Garages gave birth to certified training centers because those guys essentially wanted to grow into real businesses. We made that happen. The problem is now so many schools are opening that there will be a guy who's training his garage, let's say in Sydney, Australia, you know, doing his thing in the suburbs there, growing, 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 getting better. Finally, after a year or two of training and learning the curriculum, he's ready to start taking path towards opening a certified training center. Well, unbeknownst to him, there was another guy in the same training center or in the same community working out of his garage who also has the same ambition and we only allow one person per territory so there was being conflict we had conflicts between people who wanted to open they inquire inquire and we go shoot he's been in the pipeline and he just applied who do we allow in so we changed the whole model to where now anyone who embarks on this journey with us we allow them to reserve their territory for up to 12 months while they're learning the material so once someone falls in love with our program they can go, hey, Henry, I want to submit a territory reservation application. And through this program, they lock up their radius. We verify that it's available. They aren't an instructor yet. They haven't even got their blue belt in many cases yet. They're very limited knowledge. They're just a beginner in jujitsu, but they are so impacted by the skill set and the life change that you're talking about yeah. that they then want to do that for other people. So they say, hey, Henry, count me in. I'm going to commit to this process so much that I want to reserve the territory now in advance for the next 12 months so I can learn the skills necessary and go to the instructor training to then be able to teach jujitsu in my community. So now people are essentially locking on and every single day all over the world, there are people applying and reserving t- plots of land to one day open a school, even though they don't have the skill yet or the teaching methodology yet. They're just saying, hey, I'm going to do this. And that's the new model. We've kind of pushed the, 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 the starting line back to, hey, whenever you want to reserve a territory, you can. This is called the TRP, Territory Reservation Program. And now it's taking a much stronger form and we've never had so much interest, especially now people are losing their jobs and finally realizing that the job that they've done for 10 years that they hate, they'd much rather do the thing that they love. Once COVID is over, there's going to be a huge demand for physical interaction that we've been so deprived Mm -hmm. of, right? So once this is done, like not partially done, but like done, done, we're going to come back to this new, you know, this new era of human interaction and, 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 
you know, close contact and physical sports and things that we've been so deprived of. So and health. I mean, it's a form of health too, from a mental, a mental, mental health, you know, um, connection, uh, unity, and then also the physicality of it, you know, every aspect. And that's um, not just for jujitsu. That's for all of our favorite physical activities that require close contact. So there's going to be a bounce back. It's going to be stronger than ever. So right now we have a a surge of inquiries from people that want to learn how to become instructors while this downtime is happening. Use the downtime at home to learn the techniques, learn the things, reserve your territory so you can have confidence that that opportunity will be there on the other side of this. I love that you just said that word confidence because I want to go there with you. I want to talk about confidence and jujitsu and because I, listen, before I started training jujitsu, I mean, you know, my, my childhood upbringing, like, you know, there was domestic violence in the house. I mean, I grew up tough, right? I got three amazing brothers, best friends, my sister too. But like, we, we grew up like prepared to like, you know, I can handle my business. Um, and never walking around like that. It's just this kind of inner knowing that like, if I had to, I would, I, I would defend myself. Yeah. Cool. Then you get to the jujitsu mat and you're completely humbled, <laughs> right? You realize how much you didn't know and how most likely, you know, I would have probably put, you know, like when you think of women empowered, the, the way, like if somebody was mounted on me and like trying to choke me, I would have probably done the things that you don't want to do that would put you in a worse situation. Um, so, you know, I'm still a, a one stripe blue belt. Uh, Got to work on that. But Regardless of that, actually, it's just the journey that I've been on in, in all the years that I've trained jujitsu, what that has done for me um, on, on the level of confidence is really, really remarkable, right? So like to walk around and, you know, I'm a woman and, you know, small woman walk around and, and to feel safe. I'm not even a black, but I mean, I'm far from a black, but right. But I know that I have number one, the mindset. Number two, I got some weapons in my back pocket. I've got some moves. I have submissions. I know what to do from the jujitsu that I've done. It has certainly affected my confidence, you know, so much to the point where I'm one of the greatest advocates for jujitsu. I'm like, everybody likes, you know, you need to sign up. You need to, you need to feel this. So I want you to talk about that connection, because obviously I don't even know how many students, you know, you've come across in your life at this point. And I know that you've seen incredible flips on that confidence level, just from that engagement and interaction and um, practice of jujitsu. Yeah, no, I've seen the most dramatic ones you can imagine. Um, you know, and it's amazing how jujitsu affects a, a survival of sexual, a survivor of sexual assault how jujitsu affects a police officer who was beat up, brutalized on their job, uh, male or female, and has to go back to work. How jujitsu affects a child who's been bullied for years and years and years and surviving the torment comes in here and they're a complete turnaround, 180 degrees. So I've witnessed every category of the impact of jujitsu's confidence, uplifting uh, character trait or uh, uh, characteristics. I've, I've witnessed that and I've been responsible because I'm the one delivering it. So I know that you know I'm just the messenger of the goodness but it's cool because as the messenger, you see the impact of the delivery every single time. And, you know, is it real? It's as real as it gets. Um, why is it so profound for everyone? I think because if you strip everything away, right, strip away everything on earth, all media, social media, you know, all influences of everything, all fakeness of society, if you strip it all away. And we go to like primal animal existence, right? 
the difference between one gorilla and another gorilla is, is really stripped down to which gorilla can kill the other gorilla, right? Or which animal can kill the other animal. And I think that a, a human who knows that they are killable with relative ease by any person who's slightly bigger than them, right? Because before jujitsu, you would fight for yourself. You had the tenacity, but you knew that if a man, even 20 pounds heavier than you, decided he was going to kill you, it would be a, it would, it would, chances are not in your favor. Do you understand? So on our most primal level, survival level, kill or be killed, as we call it, the smaller person gets killed 99 times out of 100. What jujitsu does is it makes you the one out of a hundred that, yo, you're 20 pounds heavier. Okay, good luck. Let's see how this goes down. Lock the doors. We'll get out when we get out. Let's go. That certainty that there is a hope, there, it gives a chance, mm -hmm. a primal survival chance to the smaller, weaker person. And that's why jujitsu, you know, Above everything else, what the first UFC proved, what Hoist proved, what every member of the Gracie family who ever fought a larger, stronger uh, representative of another martial art or of no art, just a street fight of any kind, what that proved is that the smaller animal can survive and prevail against a larger animal of the same species. Now, you can have a small scorpion beat a large frog, but those are different species. You don't have a small scorpion beat a larger, more dangerous scorpion, right? Like that's, that's within the same species and have the same two arms, two legs, same venom or lack thereof. We all have a mouth we can bite with. And we have hands we can scratch and punch with. So of the same species, the larger, more athletic person wins. And from a technical perspective, this is why you start with someone here, much more athletic. And you start with someone here who's smaller, weaker and slower and older and less athletic. The reason why we lose a fight is because in a normal fight, both people go crazy. And when you go crazy, you exhaust energy and resources at a rapid rate. But if both people deplete their resources equally, the smaller person, weaker person runs out first. The bigger person then has the advantage and they win the fight however they want. Fundamentally, that's why little people lose fights. They have less resources to begin with. Now, when you learn Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, everything changes. <laughs> when we learn Gracie Jiu-Jitsu... The bigger person is still bigger to begin with, but we perfect the techniques that force big boy to expend energy at an inefficient rate, rapidly inefficient rate. And big boy burns and big boy burns. And while he's burning, we preserve our energy with technique, leverage, pacing, patience, and all the light. So he's burning. And eventually, well, burning a little bit, but not at the rate he is. So big boy runs out of energy first. And once that happens, he's exhausted, depleted, like a walking blob. Once that happens, we can easily win the fight with a joint lock or a chokehold that is based on leverage. So this is the key. The key in a fight is not who, uh, who attacks the most. What any jujitsu practitioner realizes is the key to the fight is who depletes the slowest. And if you can slow your energy depletion rate, it's the same as life and finances. Who's the richest? Not who makes the most money. It's who spends it the most wisely. You can have a guy making a million dollars a year and the guy who makes a hundred thousand is much wealthier because the million is throwing it away and the hundred thousand is living the life you always wanted. Simple, easy life, budgeting every step of the way. So with energy in a fight is like money in real life, right? doesn't matter how much you have. If you burn it more rapidly, you're poor and the other person is wealthy. So this is what we want with technique and energy efficiency. We allow big boy to burn. And then we defeat him. Now, this cannot happen, Roxy, 
Mm-hmm. This is the normal equation. We're born with this. It's almost like our primal capabilities is this equation. Mm-hmm. We are violating right through human technology of technique and learning and sharing ideas and being humans. We have the choice to essentially undermine and overmine the, the primal, I guess, allowances that all of us are given. We have the, yeah. we have the choice to become better than just being a human, <laughs> a basic basic human we have a choice to become more than just a human a scorpion doesn't have a choice to be more than a scorpion a frog can't be more than a frog but a human can be more than the human they were born as and as a result you learn the techniques they deplete you win the fight with the drama so when you talk about confidence Mm -hmm. once you are more of a human than the human you were born as in a substantial primal survival capacity the whole world looks different. The world was previously blue. Now the world is green. It's just every interaction changes. Every meeting, every conversation, every interaction with another human changes. Because, and even with un- inhuman things, even with just life challenges and problems, you go, no, that's not so bad. Because if someone catches me in a headlock who's twice my size and I know how to escape. You know, now there's a leak under the kitchen sink and I'm going to be worried and stressed out. It doesn't match. They don't match. It doesn't match. So that's where the confidence that you're talking about doesn't just in- reflect your interaction with other humans. Mm-hmm. The confidence you're talking about reflects your interactions with your own mind and your own self because you are no longer the basic human that all of us are born as. That's so good. <laughs> I'm like, I want to clap. Um, I want to share something. I want to validate something that you, I want to validate that moment right now that you just gave everybody that wild experience um with a real life experience that I had so I had just finished combatives um I had not started really sparring too much yet just reflex development and I'm on a shoot in Hawaii and uh we have it's like a surf uh lifestyle shoot and so there's like you know a bunch of surfers a couple of models and we're all at lunch at this big house in, in 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 Hawaii and the, the, the photographer is hanging out. Everyone's just hanging out. And I'm talking to the girls about jujitsu, like telling them, girls, you need to get into jujitsu. And the, the photographer, uh, he's about 6'5". He's a big guy. And he's listening to me talk to them. And he, so he decides to be playfully funny. And he goes, oh, yeah, come on, come on. And he starts calling me out, and like to be like playful fight, right? And I'm like, nah, seriously, no. And everyone starts watching. This is like one of those TV shows. It's like, I can't believe I've never told you the story. But um, anyways, so I'm like, no. And I try and resist it. Like, nah, nah, nah. And he's like, no, nah, come on. And he's being serious. And I'm like, well, all right, you know, well, here we go. Henner, I have no idea what he's about to do. I'm just standing face to face, you know, at this perfect distance with this 6'5" you know, however much he weighs, bigger guy, right? And it's a, it's a movie. It's very cinematic because he literally, and everyone's watching, he literally puts his head, like lowers his head a little bit and starts charging me. Henner, I didn't think. My body did it for me. I literally just dunked his head, dropped him, choked him, and he's like tapping my thigh aggressive. Like it all happened so fast. I didn't think. I just saw him charging me and, I, and his head was right there. And my body knew what to do. Exactly. That's it. Guillotine. Bye. And he, he, was, he was so bummed 
my uh, the producer took a picture of him because he's like sitting down by himself, just like thinking about it later. He was really demoralized in that moment, but the because tr- it was a real moment. Like he is being playful, but he charged me for real, and so I was like, oh, "All right, I need to defend myself right now." Boom, and the whole house. You know, you can imagine like all the ah, everyone's freaking out. I walked away, Henner, and I was like, "It fucking works." <laughs> Because I had never been, I mean, outside of our academy, I, that was my most real life experience. Yeah, you don't know. There's no way to know. Until you know, there's not a lot of ways to know. Exactly. And it was the best feeling. It was, you know, I kind of, I felt bad for him. But for me, it was this moment of, wow, you know, it's kind of, you know what it was? It was Daniel and Mr. Miyagi. I'm like on a karate kick moment. I'm watching Cobra Kai and I don't even watch TV, but I'm like in it. And when, when, you know, Daniel gets frustrated because he's like, yeah, you're supposed to teach me karate. And he's like, sand the floor. And he's like doing the whole thing. And all of a sudden he's just like, holy shit, I'm doing karate right now. That's literally what it felt like to me. So it's so, it's so cool because again, you know, in that moment, I had this mindset of, well, I don't know what's coming at me. I just know that I'm prepared for it. I mean, and I, again, I'm just... I just exited out of combatants, like that first white belt stage. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's incredible how effective it is. But I want to make this point, this emphasis, not just in the physical part of it, but in the mindset part of it. You know, mindset's a huge part of everything with my brand, everything I talk about. Because if I have the mindset in that moment of I, I'm not prepared, I don't know what to do, I'm not, I didn't have that confidence Maybe, maybe, I don't know what the outcome would have been, but the fact that my mind was so calm in that moment, because I had put the reps in, I have been doing this and whatever was going to happen was happened. It literally just, my body just did like saw the, the trigger, the moment, the, the opportunity. And I, and I was victorious. <laughs> oh, awesome. You never told me that. That's awesome. I never told you that. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so good. So, um, okay. Listen. There's a couple of things I want to talk about because the time is moving fast and I knew there's so many things that uh, I want to, I want to have more podcasts with you, obviously, but some things um, I want to talk about specifically when it comes to Henner Gracie's lifestyle. And, you know, the reason for that is because like I said, you're a high performer. Um, There's something really cool that I want to share with you from a neuroscientist by the name of Andrew Huberman. I don't know if you've seen him online, but he's been doing a bunch of podcasts. He was just on Joe Rogan recently. Um, And he talks about stress management, high performance. He talks about, uh, you were someone who, you were the person I thought of actually when he starts explaining this. He uses jujitsu as an example where, where he's talking about neuroplasticity, okay? There's two parts to to have to be uh, to get more neuroplasticity in the brain. You need what's called duration path outcome. So he used jujitsu as the example because in jujitsu, that's exactly what you're doing. It's like you're looking for the solution. You're in a problem. You're looking for so it's like this hyper focused moment of duration path outcome. The second part for that neuroplasticity, which is so important, because even if you do the jujitsu, that doesn't mean you're going to get the, the good benefits of neuroplasticity, is you have to, you have that moment, and then you have a deep recovery rest state. When he was explaining this, he goes, high performers know how to toggle back and forth. But you literally came to my mind because I'm like, the nap. <laughs> 
<laughs> the midday nap. And I want to talk about this, your lifestyle, the health that, you know, um, that part, because I think it's important. I know that, you know, people paying attention to this podcast are all interested in how to perform at a higher level in their life, how to be more healthy. So I just, I would love, can you give a breakdown of what your day, because you're juggling a lot, right? But I feel like you have strong recovery practices too. And if you could just kind of, you know, give a little overview of what that looks like. I would love it. Um, It has changed over the years. Um, But in in my, at the peak of my active jujitsu teaching kind of career and participation in that, it was the case. I would come in the morning, teach from like 9am to like 1pm, go home, have lunch every day, nap from like two to four, come back and teach from five to nine. So it was a split shift of like, you know, eight to 10 hours a day of work. Um, always with a nap in the middle. I felt it was necessary. I loved it. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately when kids were born and a new company was started quick flip, um, mm-hmm. the naps literally just got completely wiped out of the equation. So it's taken a new form. Um, and I've kind of found a new rhythm uh, with the kids and with Quick Flip to be able to manage all of that. Um, but yes, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's the balance is always the challenge. And I feel like right now, because of the multiple companies and the challenges at home and, and with kids and, you know, having to give time to them and figuring this all out, I'm at a stage right now where I'm very much deliberately trying to find the rhythm yeah. for the rest of my life and, and or for at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, I haven't said that I've mastered it. I think it's always because here's the thing. On the work side, there is so clear what needs to be done. And it's so exciting what the next step is and what the path forward is that there's no shortage of uh, time requirement or there's no shortage of opportunity for excellence and for significant globally impactful initiatives. There's just, they're just waiting right there. So it's literally, it's not a matter of, you know, when you finish it, you walk away. It's you just walk away. You know, and being disciplined for me, that's been the hardest, hardest, but also most important phase right now in my life mm-hmm. is having the discipline to just walk away. And, uh, and when I walk away from the office, I walk away from the office, right? I used to take my computer home. And then when the kids go to sleep, I'm right working at night for another two hours from 10 to midnight. But now I'm like, no, if I'm going to crank it the way I'm cranking it during the days when I leave it, you know, now depending on Zoom and classes and, you know, COVID and everything's going on. But yeah, when I leave, my computer stays here. I go home. I'm with my wife. I'm with my kids put them down, have dinner, go to bed early, come back here, put the kids ready for school, get them ready for school in the morning, come back to work and then get back on cranking it. So the discipline of separating the two Mm -hmm. has been the biggest secret to to my success right now is really being disciplined so that when I'm at work, I'm fully at work. When I'm at home, I'm fully at home. And that's something that uh, wasn't previously the case. There was a lot of like, oh, it just intertwines and, you know, it's all here and it's all there. But having the discipline now with so much going on uh, has served me very well. yeah. And, uh, and I'm, 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 I've reached a place where I'm very happy with it, with the, the relationship between, you know, personal and professional life. Um, even though there's a lot of work, it's, it's balanced. So that it's sustainable. Cause to me, that's the key. It's like, what's the rhythm I can find that is marathon sustainable. And mm. I think I found it I'm very happy with it. Yeah. And you play with your kids and that's a form of the relaxation you surf. That's also a form. So it's not that you even have to be asleep, but you have to step away. I mean, this is from learning from him. It's a step away 
from that hyper focus, you know, and I'm so glad you brought up quick folk. I mean, cause that's a whole nother part of your life. And, you know, so it, it's not even about like you being on the mat or training jujitsu or, or teaching jujitsu. It's about, you know, maybe you're hyper focused on quick flip. Cause that's like, that's a company that has just taken off. I mean, you're, you're, it's incredible what you have created. And, and I feel like you haven't even scratched the surface, even though, I mean, you had like an Oscar winning nomination on, on Shark Tank. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, like, yeah, didn't point. that go viral? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point what you said about um about just stepping away and it's interesting is that when and i think what people some people might struggle with is the mindset to assume when that step away is necessary right like um you know the choice to go surf for a day for me is a is a conscious choice and when i do that you know the the, the my mindset is right when I, my mindset when i'm at work is oh my gosh the world is burning and if I don't work, it's not going to stop burning. I have the answer to the world's fires right now in many ways, right? Especially when it comes to policing and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't work, it's not going to solve itself. So I'm very, I, I, my mental framework sitting here is one. Mm-hmm. And then my mental framework when I'm surfing is, listen, the world's going to keep spinning and I'm doing important work, but I got to put myself first. So it literally changes. I don't talk to myself about what's not going to happen by me surfing. I talk to myself by, you know, life is what it is. So I have this ability to be detached from this, um, this workaholicism to the point where it's incapac- kind of incapacitating. And I think that that's the challenge. Very high producers sometimes can't do that. Mm-hmm. They simply mm-hmm. can't detach from the mission. Um, and I'm just happy that, I, I, to, at least now, I still have that ability mm-hmm. to, you know, go, right, whatever. Life goes on and here I'm going to go enjoy myself with my family and do this and it doesn't matter what else is happening around. This is the important part. And then not realizing, or I guess now I do know that that is what recharges me to get back in here and then to do this and to really tackle this head on. So yeah, yeah stepping away, detaching and changing the mental framework, fully shifting your mental framework when you are, um, you know, depending on the mode that you're in is important because if you keep it one all the time, um, you know, if you, if you keep it as vacation mindset all the time, when you're at work, you're pissed off, you're not on vacation. And if you keep it as workaholicism all the time, when you're on vacation, all you're thinking about is what you should be doing. So I feel like, and that's how, you know, if you have a healthy balance is that you can be away and be okay being away for periods of time and be at work and know that there's nowhere else in the world that you should be than at your computer focusing on the mission that you're on. Now, if you're at work every day and that's not how you feel, then, you know, maybe it's time to just really do some self-assessment on what profession you're in and what you're doing. And maybe it's time to work full-time on your paying the bills and part-time on your passion. So you can eventually make the switch to something that you want to do every single day, because you'd rather do that than anything else. And even if you won the lottery, you would still do that thing. Right. And I'm doing what I would do. Even if I won the lottery, I'm doing exactly what I would be doing with $300 million in the bank, which I'm not quite. A hundred percent. And you know, what's so interesting. And I don't know if many people would think about this, but I know this to be true in my own life because my work is what I call heart work. Everything that I get up and I focus on is a hundred percent what I want to be focusing on and what I would be doing if I had 300 million in the bank as well. It's harder for people like us, I believe, to put the brakes on, to step away. The passion that energy of like the next and the next, it's like, it's so easy to just keep going. You know, because your heart is in it. So it takes. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. When you love your job, it's easy to vacation from your job when you don't like it. Exactly. (laughs) They have no issues. Yeah. I think your, uh, it was your uncle. I'm pretty sure I, I heard he don't say this years ago. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, um, it was Hoist that said resting is training. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. No, it's, 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 it is. And it's a huge part of it. And, um, I I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. 
It's so good. Even if you love, even if you love what you're doing, even if you love what you're doing. Almost especially because then you can come back and be more dedicated and focused, right? Yes. I agree. (laughs) Even more so. Okay. Before I, there's a couple of things that I ask all my guests when we wrap out. Um, I want to ask you, is there anything that we have not addressed yet that maybe even things that you wish people would ask you more on or whatever that looks like, um, that you want to live in this awesome conversation? I think people deserve to know what all the hype of Quick Flip is about. Okay. Can you elaborate? (laughs) So for all of Roxy's fans who don't watch Shark Tank, um, we were on Shark Tank and we won. Um, Basically what happened is on a a Tuesday morning, I was at the park and I dropped my hoodie on the floor and I didn't like that very much. And I was going to tie it around my waist. And I decided that that was not acceptable. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a cool dad. So I was going to have no other way. I went home and, you know, 30 minutes, I had my first prototype. And then six months later, we launched a company. And, uh, a year after that, we appeared on shark tank and today it's the best hoodie on the planet. So check this out. So you hold the hoodie upside down because otherwise, how do you carry a hoodie that you're not wearing, right? You tie it around or you throw it over your shoulder. Check this out. You hold it upside down. Look, the hoodie goes, you invert the hoodie in on itself. You turn it over, you drop it down, and then your hoodie turns into a functioning. It's so backpack. good. <laughs> so this goes on. Boom. And you can even tighten the strap. Look at these little clips right here. Tighten yeah. it up. So now you can tighten those little straps, and you can wear this backpack, which is functional. And you can actually put things inside the backpack. And now this has been so successful. As a company, we're just selling blank quick flips that I have a, you know, we have so many customers now that are ordering bulk and putting their logos on it, including Alavanca or other jiu-jitsu brands. We've done Google, Intel, uh, Universal Studios started doing them for the park. So now we have them in Universal Studios. Oh, we're, work, we're working on something with Disneyland. So the point is, Quick Flip is the new way. Why would you ever get a hoodie? Look at this. So inside the backpack, you can put your wallet, key, cell phone. You have space for another jacket or water bottle in the larger compartment. And when you're done, you simply reach in with one hand, grab it, pull it, and the entire hoodie is back to normal and is gone is your backpack and it's all so we good. did all we did on the inside people want to know where's the backpack look inside so on the outside you see nothing on the inside you have this hidden upside down pouch with this opening and inside the opening there's your straps so you simply reach in the pouch one pull gone is your hoodie and out comes your favorite backpack and you tuck <laughs> it inside and a little shakedown so anyways that was so successful that people were like yo Henry, that's awesome but we live in costa rica brazil you know, Hawaii, we need a waterproof one. So now we have our waterproof black and camo, different ones, different colors. In goes your waterproof jacket. After the rain stops, what do you do with your rain jacket when it's not raining anymore? You throw it in the trash because it's useless. Now you turn <laughs> into your waterproof backpack. Look at this. Waterproof rain jacket turns into your waterproof. We call this the dry flip jacket. So rain jacket when you need it, backpack when you don't. Imagine going to Disneyland and throughout the day, it rains, no rain, hot, cold, hot, cold. Now you can just wear this. You have a backpack, put your water bottle in or your kid's jacket. So I go to the park with a backpack and my son's jackets are inside my backpack. So all I have is a backpack and a great sunny time at the park until it gets cold <laughs> later in the day. And then we pull out their two jackets, take mine out, and I don't have to carry around that empty just-in-case backpack that men always carry just in case they need a backpack. Your hoodie is your backpack. Your backpack is your hoodie. Quick flip. We got your back. You're <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm going to take a moment here on this amazing, you're incredible. I need to, I just want to say this. I am so proud of you. This is incredible. I mean, I know, you know, like I've been dialed into this, obviously, 
super tight, but like, I just want to take a moment to say, cause you're not the person who's going to stop and go, look what I've created, but it's incredible. And you know, what's so rad about all of it, all of it offers support in some capacity to the individual, whether it's the jujitsu, the, you know, it's like it, you're, you're, you're finding solutions to make life better in some way, several ways, shape or form. So I just want to say, I'm seriously proud of you, Henner. And it's, yeah, you're, and it's so cool because I'm, I'm like, what else are you going to create? Like what else is don't, coming don't from talk about that? I, have time <laughs> for you, I listen with what I plan. Thank you for, first of all, for the, for the yes. support. And, um, you've always been very supportive and it has been crazy. Quick flip has been crazy. Let me just mm-hmm. tell you because like jujitsu, the realistic population max population uh, absorption rate is like 1% of the human population will ever do jujitsu just because 99% of people are, you know, whatever, you know. Um, and right now we're not even near that, right? We're like at 0.001% of the population. So we have, you know, 1000% to go and still not hit our mark. Quick flip, every person on the planet has tied their sweatshirt regretfully <laughs> around their waist or neck. And every person on the planet has suffered from the loss of a loved one, loved sweatshirt, <laughs> as a result of tying it around their waist too loosely. And when they sat on the bench and got up, the jacket yeah. stay and they go. And then you get home and say, where the heck is my jacket? Oh, I took it off. <laughs> when I go to the park with my son, all I see is dead kids, not dead kids, dead sweatshirts of kids who just threw them on the floor. Yeah. So the point is the number of hoodies that have been lost have lost their lives because they were not efficiently convertible into something more cool and wearable and functional yeah. is just staggering. So with quick flip, every person on the planet is a potential customer. Now the impact in their life is not the same as jujitsu. I'm not making you a better primal human surviving <laughs> capability machine. I'm not doing that with a hoodie, but life is in other words, instead of making 1% of the population's life, 99% better. I'm making 99% of the population's life 1% better with a hoodie that turns into a backpack. So yes, it's all about solving problems and you know techniques waiting to be discovered. When I dropped my hoodie and I looked at that and I was like, no way. <laughs> this is what I thought. I was like this, no way. There isn't a better way to carry a sweatshirt in America. <laughs> That's what I thought. America deserves better. So when I went home with my hoodie and frustrated, like this is unacceptable, went home, shoestrings, paper clips, duct tape, and scissors, and my hoodie that I was wearing in the park, chopped everything up, came out of the office 30 minutes later with a prototype of a hoodie that turns into a backpack. And my wife was like, where were you? I was like, right here. Look what I did. She's like, what is that? I'm like, it turns into a backpack. She's like, oh. And then she went on with her day, like no encouragement. And then fast forward 15 prototypes, six months later, finally, the whole team was behind it and they were like, Henry, you're onto something here. And then patents and shark tank and, you know, everything blew up. But yeah, the most recent one has been, you know, the, uh, the private labeling, these other companies now that are saying, Hey, Henry, we love quick flip. We want to either license it or we want to bring in this hoodie. We want to put our logo Equinox, all kinds of gyms, Intel, uh, you know, Alienware, like stuff like this, like Ray, huge corporations. I are need used Black Warner, Brothers. Warner Brothers ordered 3,500 for all their corporate executives nationwide. Uh, as a you know year-end gift last year, wo- embroidered Warner Brothers there and Warner Brothers in the backpack. So like now that we're dealing on that level, I'm like, okay, we hit, we struck gold here. Like this is legit, and it's growing every rate, uh, every year uh, ex- ex- exponentially. And I'm looking at this like it might be the case where when I'm 50 years old and slow down on the work, 
I might be the guy, I might be remembered as the backpack hoodie guy more <laughs> than jujitsu. And part of me hates that. <laughs> but part of me is like, it doesn't matter. As long as I know who I am, it's all good. No, but I, it's just crazy. Yeah, crazy. I doubt that that will overshadow your jujitsu legacy. Um, Listen, I, don't I, bet on it. Do not bet on it. I'm telling you, it's very likely that the quick flip becomes the thing. Because well, young, you're right. I, I, won't right. Stop until, I won't stop until every hoodie turns into a backpack, like in the world. And to be the guy who started that, because I got frustrated on a Tuesday, December 27, 2016... <laughs> What do you expect? You know, like that's when it happens. So, so we got to make some black bow beauty ones for sure. Duh. Easy work. Easy work. They're in the back right right now. Whatever you want. We got you. We (laughs) got your back. Yeah, you do. Um, Okay. I love that. I'm so glad that, well, cause also this is a great, that it's a great time. But when I put out this episode, people are already going to be thinking about gifts. No, no, no. There's no more conventional gifts. You guys, those days are over. Listen, (laughs) Because what you don't want to be is the gift that someone takes and goes, yeah, cool. They use it twice and they put it down and they never use it again. The only thing that matters in gift giving is not the price of the gift. The only thing that matters is the frequency of the use, right? If someone gives you something, it could be, as long as it's something you desperately need and have always wished existed, but never knew where to find or didn't even know it existed, as long as it's that gift, you are the best gift giver in their life. Every single person, including me, has suffered from the inefficient, unworn hoodie dilemma. What the heck do you do with it? So whether it's a windbreaker that turns into a backpack, a rain jacket, a hoodie, a pullover hoodie, we got everything you need. And, you know, 40, 50 bucks, it's not expensive, but it will be the gift that they literally use till the wheels fall off. And because the quality is so good, that won't happen. They're going to have it for the rest of their lives. So you guys, everyone, everyone wants to be two people. You want to be two types of people, Roxanne. There's two types of people we all aim to be. We want to be the person who introduces someone to jujitsu. Like we want to be like Joe Rogan's out there on his podcast, killing it because every podcast is a jujitsu podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's introducing so many people that he's changing lives, saving lives. I try the same thing with videos and this and that. We're trying to get people on the bandwagon because we're saving lives. So you want to be someone who introduces someone to jujitsu or equally, you want to be someone who gives someone their first quick flip. because their life will never be the same when the level of efficiency enters their life. So in terms of the holiday gift giving season, it's not a matter of what to get them. It's a matter of, do you get there soon enough to where there's still some in stock? Because if not, (laughs) I can't say I didn't try. Roxanne tried. We're trying to help them, Roxy, but we can only do so much, right? We cannot push the purchase button for them. We can lead them to the water, but we can't make them drink. So anyways, quick flip is the only yeah. gift you need. I'm telling and you know how you want the one gift? Because that makes life easier. That you have 17 people on your gift list and you go, man, I just want to be kind of efficient with all of this. It's the one, you guys. It's just the one. And if you're gonna buy 17, hit me, call me up. I'll give you guys a fat discount. Henry, <laughs> <laughs> you're incredible, yo. You know, another form of uh I just have to I'm sure so many people watching and listening are giggling and cracking up like I am, which by the way, that also supports your uh, neuroplasticity, right? So like finding these moments where you can literally just like take a break from concentrating and, you know, having laughter. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. You're rad. Okay. I have a magic wand question. The magic wand, if you had this magic wand, and I believe that you do, and you could Give the masses with this magic wand one positive. <laughs> See, that's why I'm like, we got, let's do something outside of jujitsu. Anything, because we already know everybody needs jujitsu. 
But what would that positive habit be that would have the largest ripple effect on their life? Jiu-jitsu is a given. Um, what's the a positive habit? Mm-hmm. Assuming everyone already knows jujitsu. Yes. Well, shoot. Just in terms of human relations, um, seek to understand before seeking to be understood. I love that. You want to elaborate? No. <laughs> That's the first time. I think I just did. That was the first time. You're you're always elaborating. And that's it. You don't need to elaborate what needs not be elaborated. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're so right. No, that's a really good one. That's a home run. So um, okay, so the, the final part of my amazing conversation is uh with you is I do these rapid fire words. I give them to you rapidly. You do not have to be rapid in your response. You can elaborate. I would love for you to elaborate. But basically, how these words trigger you, like top of mind, top of heart, what do they make you feel? What do they make you think? Et cetera. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First word is love. Honesty. Next word is fear. Uh, essential. I can elaborate. I, I'm not going to pay yeah. one for one. Just so we break yeah. the rhythm. Essential yeah. because without it, you make terrible mistakes. And with fear, you can strategize and you can conquer it. It's conquerable, but it's, it needs to be respected. And uh, without fear, you're doomed. Um, but channeling and managing it correctly, anything is possible. I love it. And I agree. Uh, next word is curiosity. <sighs> You're like my um, middle name. <laughs> yeah, no, curiosity. If yeah. Um the, the, the when you say curiosity to me, it, it, the importance of not fearing curiosity, right? Because so much of my success up until this point has been because I allowed myself to be curious about something that didn't exist yet. Not just curious about what's in this bottle, but really curious about what if we went this way? And that curiosity mixed with the courage that jujitsu provides um, is what got us to where we are today. So don't fear curiosity. And um, curiosity did not kill the cat. Go for it. Believe in it. And at least you can say you try better to try and fail than to not try at all. I love it. Next word is challenge. Yeah, all good things are on the other side of it. So you kind of have to, you kind of have to, you not just accept the challenge, but pursue the challenge because until you reach the challenge, there's no glory. There's no glory on the other side of the easy work. Um, whether it's a challenge in time and energy, whether it's just, it's something you fear that you need to overcome. Um, whether it's the, the fear of other people's opinions and the challenge of, of facing adversity in people's opinions, especially today with social media, if you don't, if you don't face the challenge, there will be no glory. And, um, you know, the, 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 the top of the mountains are reserved for the people who, who knew there were challenges, who were scared of the challenges, but faced them nonetheless and, um, you know, and overcame. You literally just, that, that's the philosophy behind seek the fight. There you go. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> In Hunter's words. Okay. Uh, just a couple more. Next word is courage. 
Um, did we say courage already? No, we said fear, challenge. Curiosity. Yeah, listen, you know, there is no, there is no, yeah, I mean, to know the challenge exists and to, and to contemplate overcoming it is, 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 is not going to happen without the courage. Um, but courage can be developed. That's the important thing is that to recognize that courage is not something you're born with. Courage is something you're developed through your life. And who you are and your life circumstances create the courage or lack thereof. And engaging in something like jujitsu, where you're constantly overcoming challenges, you're constantly building confidence, you're constantly learning how to solve otherwise impossible, you know, uh, kinesthetic dilemmas, um, you know, you can train that. And if you feel uh, absent of courage, know that you don't have to live the rest of your life like that. So for those with it, carry on. For those without it, go find it. So good. Two more. Resilience. Well, with the courage, with the courage, you're going to face the challenge. And when you face the challenge, yeah, I think that you, there's a certain expectation of what it will take to overcome the challenge. We all kind of have this perceived expectation. I expected Grace University, the ultra jujitsu video curriculum of the century. I expected that to take four years. That was my number. I'm going to commit four years. It's been 12 and we're like 60% done. So resiliency, I had the courage and I faced the challenge Mm -hmm. and I had an expectation. The resiliency is why I'm still going. So allowing yourself to change course and to stay on the path, even when things don't go your way, Mm -hmm. that's resiliency. But you got to be careful because assuming the mindset of just never give up. Yeah. Like, you know, when you learn it as a kid and your mom says, Hey, never give up Johnny. And you say, okay, thanks mom. You got to be careful because never giving up can be a liability or an asset. And in that sense, resiliency can be a liability or an asset. Um, if, you, if you're resilient in the very basic sense of just keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, that's not what you want to be, right? You want to be resilient in the sense that you go, things don't go as planned, the challenge you know, blocks you in a certain manner or capacity, and then you change course, but you're still reaching the same final objective, but you're changing the tactics with which you arrived there. So resilient but tactically efficient is really what everyone should aim for. Because resilience in the simplest, you know, never give up Johnny way can be a liability. And here you are trying the same thing 15 years later, not getting the results you're looking for. Awesome. That was so good. Uh, Thank you for that. That's a gift uh, for people to take in. The final word, excellence. I think for me, I find extreme gratitude and appreciation for excellence in all its forms. I think life is beautiful when you can admire the excellence, um, you know, of, I, I have the, I have the belief that everyone is a master at something. Uh, a man who is unfaithful and has, you know, terrible relationship history. He's a master at ruining relationships. And if I'm sitting next to him at the bus stop, um, my question to him is, hey, bro, when do you know a relationship that you're in? When do you know it's officially over? There's no coming back. What's your marker? So you want to be excellent at finding excellence in everyone and in everything around you. And when you appreciate life and when everything is beautiful in that sense, both, you know, human and other physical you know, the, the world around us, uh, 
life is much better because, and that's, that, that's, it has to do with curiosity as well. The curiosity to, to, to care about the excellence at every level of existence. And once you have that approach, um, your ego is checked because you go, all right, cool. I'm excellent at, you know, developing online curriculums and turning hoodies into backpacks. But that person over there has an entirely different life uh, lived and they have some excellence that they can share with me that I can benefit from. And you obviously have this trait because you're doing the great work you're doing. Um, but I think excellence, become excellent at finding the excellence in everyone is, is something that we should all pursue. Um, you know, and, and, and along that line, I don't judge people by my standards. Mm-hmm. I judge people by their standards. And I think that makes it very possible. So even someone who the society might deem bad or neglected or, you know, uh, you know, any kind of person, criminal or otherwise, I go, all right, well, you know, we can, we can place them in a box, but the question is what can we learn from that person to do or not to do right? Find a guy who's been broke his whole life, bring him to a business conference and have him share all the mistakes he made. How valuable would that be? So that's what I'm talking about is there's excellence at being broke. There's excellence at ruining your financial future. Um, so that's, it's a very interesting uh, perspective. And I was never really taught that by, by anybody. It's just something that I've always felt inquisitive into other people's lives for the reason that I believe that, you know, everyone is the master at something. Um, and that mastery will basically be determined by what you spend your day and night thinking and, and focusing on, right? Whatever it is you spend day and night thinking and focusing and consuming yourself with, you're going to become a black belt in that. And, um, you know, we do want to be careful about the black belts we choose to pursue because some are more, some are more rewarding. Some, some bear more fruit than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you recognize that everyone's a black belt in something, the question is, what can you learn from the world around you by asking the right questions? So good. Heather, you're the man. <laughs> we did it. Where does everybody go to find you, to stay connected to you? Everything will be in the show notes, but please direct. Heather Gracie on yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. And then we have uh, gracieuniversity.com. For people who are even remotely interested in uh, you know the, the confidence, the, the the development that we're talking about, that really brought this whole podcast together, and is why me and Roxy even know each other through and about around jujitsu, at least from the very beginning. Um, GraceUniversity.com, and if you're by yourself, slash Zoom at the website there, and you're going to see how we're doing this at home solo. And um, we would love to have anyone out there who's ever contemplated learning jujitsu join the family, try it out. It's free, and then uh, and decide if this is something you want to commit your life to and your your free time at least. And if all goes according to plan, um, eventually, if it impacts you the way it impacted me and, and Roxy and everyone we know, you know, and you hate your day job that you work nine to five and a job that you can't wait to get away from, mm-hmm. then you and I will have a private discussion later about the possibility of opening a certified training center and becoming someone who teaches jujitsu for a living. And all you do is give confidence into people and teach them that they're much more than their, uh, than their, their primal human state that they were born as. They have <laughs> much more. They're capable of much more. And, uh, and they deserve to pursue and to become much more and you're going to help make that possible. So it's it's a very rewarding profession and, um, here we are. So I can't wait to meet and talk to you guys and and learn more about your aspirations and love for jujitsu. Once you try your first class. Hey, I got to throw in this really quick before we wrap out. It's a fun fact. Never told you this. Uh, it has been like 10 years since I started jujitsu 10. Yeah. 10, nine. Anyways, and you know, my obviously my brother Mike, he's now a black belt, and Darius had been training. And so they, you know, jujitsu had already been around me, but I, I literally have a, a visual uh, memory of this moment where I just decided, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to start training jujitsu. Like I'm just going to start going. No, that's not the, that's not the magic here. The magic is this Henner. I was walking down the street that same day and you drove by. This is on my family. Henner, listen. And I was like, I'm going to start jujitsu. You're like, we've been waiting for you. I will never forget that moment. So how I'm going to end this incredible conversation is this. All of you who have been thinking about training and learning jujitsu, here's your sign. Like Henner was my sign. Go. (laughs) We've been waiting for you. Whoever you are watching right now, we've been waiting for you. And if you're not quite ready for jujitsu, but you do want the highest level of efficient infusion in your life, get yourself a quick flip, you guys. Yeah. Quickflipapparel.com. <laughs> and everyone on your shopping list, they're going to love you more than they possibly could have because of this physical object that you bought them with money. And uh, it's not about the money. It's not about the physicality. It's about the life efficiency and the freedom of quick flip. No matter where life takes you, we got your back. I love it. All right, you guys. I'll see you later. I'm wrapping out. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.